It's time for Supply Chain Now Radio, broadcasting live from the supply chain capital of the country, Atlanta, Georgia. Supply Chain Now Radio spotlights the best in all things supply chain. The people, the technologies, the best practices, and the critical issues of the day. And now, here are your hosts. Hey, good afternoon. Scott Luton here with you live on Supply Chain Now Radio. Welcome back to the show. On this episode, we're kicking off our newest podcast series, Logistics with a Purpose. So on this series, it's all about supply chain and logistics firms that are really changing the world you know, we're, and really moving the needle, yeah. not just offering lip service. So we're proud to partner with Vector Global Logistics to bring you these inspiring leadership and, and really community service stories. Our audience, you're going to have plenty of ideas and best practices to benchmark with for sure. So stay tuned for what promises to be an intriguing conversation. On a quick programming note, like all of our series on Supply Chain Now Radio, you can find our replays on a variety of channels, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, Greg White, wherever you get your podcasts from. As always, we'd love to have you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Um, so I want to thank all of our sponsors that help make our programming um, and, and allow us really to bring best practices, innovative ideas to our audience. But in particular, with this new series, you know, big high five to Vector Global Logistics, who we couldn't think of a better partner to be on this series with. So uh, about Vector, which you can learn more about in a second, but uh, an asset-free multimodal company, NVO, which is able to provide top-class sea freight, air freight, truck rail, general logistics to its customers. Man, if you uh, need to put some stuff somewhere, these and, are the folks to talk to. You're right. <laughs> they can move it anywhere. <laughs> but, you know, more intriguing to me is core to the culture is their dedication yeah. to a wide variety of charitable causes globally. Um, so a perfect partner for us in the series. You can learn more at VectorGL.com. Okay. I know that uh, that is already too much more than what Enrique and Adrian wanted to talk about with Vector yeah. about because they're very humble people. They are. But they've been great partners. But, that, but we're not. So we can talk about that. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All right. So as as y'all as our audience can tell, here with me today, my fearless co-host Greg White, is a serial supply chain tech entrepreneur, chronic disruptor, and trusted advisor to many. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. you. Just, you itching the goat. This Let's afternoon. go, yeah. man. This is fun. <laughs> I love this part. Yeah, I love it too. Uh, and you know, we love our new series, and especially those. I, I think this is going to be unique in that, um, you know core to who we are and core to our programming yeah. is the transparency and the frankness and, and the genuine conversation. Well, I think that's going to, was what's going to embody a lot of the, the content in this series. Well, you know, we get to spend time with, with Adrian and with Enrique and the entire vector team all the time. Cause they're just down a couple suites mm. from us. Mm. Right? That's um, right. So we get to see this every day. So I'm excited for our listeners to hear and see Agreed. what these guys are doing outside of just the, their, their, their business right? and you, you know, kicking off the series i think we have a perfect guest let's let's say hello to other folks in the room so otherwise okay. me and you would talk for a couple yeah. of hours uh <laughs> mike menina president thriveworks foundation good afternoon how you doing good to see you guys thanks for having me on yeah great it, to have it's you here. great you know we have heard so much about the organization and of course the coffee i, I think i heard about a a dinner that y'all had, had uh, a month or two ago so I'm, I'm so excited we're excited to have you here so we can learn more about the story and about the, the great work you're doing mm-hmm. so uh looking forward to bringing you in and, and learning more about that story momentarily uh also want to say hello to adrian pertil vector global logistics how you doing adrian well, thank you. Great to be here. Thanks, God. Great to have you. Um, and Enrique Alvarez, with also with Vector Global Logistics. Enrique, how are you doing? Thank you very much. I'm doing great. Always a pleasure being with uh, you and Greg. It is. And you're, it's always great to have repeat guests on. Yeah. As, as you mentioned, as we were, right as we were going live, it wasn't, what, about three months ago? We sat right over there and had an um, uh, uh, interview with Enrique, and it resonated. Yeah. And because a lot of what you talked about was, was they get back. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that was kind of the impetus for this this series really was to expose that and frankly, we're mm-hmm. using you as a lever to challenge other companies to be as active in charitable giving and philanthropy as you guys are since it's such an integral part of your business model. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. no, thank you once again. And yes, we're very passionate about giving back. Yeah. Yep. Now, um let's talk about News update yeah. from the news desk. Yes, so what is Malcolm desk. and the team up to? Malcolm and the team. So we're, we're uh, in the in the holiday season. So this may have this may be um, 
a reflection on things by the time this publishes. But mm-hmm. um, interestingly, um, secondhand gifts and life experiences are a top holiday Re-gifting. list. Re-gifting. List items. Yes. Okay. Regifting. Love it. Much to the chagrin of the folks on the Seinfeld show. Regifting is really a, it's really a good thing. It is. I mean people you know, people are um so let me tell you this so you can read this. This is a New York Times article that talks about it's called Secondhand Gifts and Experiences Still Top Holiday Lists. But um look, people are you know, they're kind of, some people are rejecting consumerism, the waste, the well-intentioned, but sometimes mm-hmm. over-giving, um, and and a lot of people are getting into experiences, right? A cooking class or a cruise. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this before Christmas. <laughs> um, or, or, or life experience and consumable things. I mean, like coffee, not that yeah. we're pitching you guys, but I mean, this this is we a great thing. coffee. Uh, everybody does, doesn't yes. they? Yep. they? Yeah. That's what makes the um, season go. And then, yes, people are giving things or... You know, one of the – this won't be listened to before Christmas, will it? One of my daughters is going to get a gift certificate to Goodwill. That's where she does her shopping. Mm. She does Goodwill. Love that. Um, and what she do, what she gets from Goodwill that she no longer wears, she gives to Must Ministries, which is a, a charitable organization mm. as well. So um, anyway, you can tell we're kind of interested in that mm. stuff. So, mm. um, But that's interesting that that happens. And yet – Retail still reigns. Over 190 million Americans shopped online or in stores or will have shopped online and in Mm. stores during uh, the Christmas season, uh, or sorry, just the Thanksgiving weekend, Mm. and yet so many people are starting to change their patterns. And I think it's a good thing. I I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have enough stuff, Mm. right? Um, Look, a lot of us sitting around this table have enough stuff. It's not global. But if you don't need stuff, I think it's great to instead get experiences. Yeah. And particularly in this age where we're in our, uh, I, I'm in it right now. Digital age. We're yeah. in, you know, we're in our devices all the time. I think it's great to get life experiences. So I like it. Anyway, I, I think it's an interesting trend. Something Big trend. Interesting to talk about. Um, so Target, right? So a lot of companies talk about sustainability. Mm. Target is delivering in spades on this. They've set some pretty ambitious ambitious uh, emissions reduction goals. So they want to reduce their emissions by 30% from 2017 levels by 2030, right? That's a, that's a pretty substantial goal. And they already had a goal. Um, let me see what it was. They already had a goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 25% mm. by 2025. It looks like they're on pace to do that, but they continue to challenge themselves. And one of the things that they're doing to make this happen is – this, I think, is a brilliant use of your power in the mm. supply chain. They want to have 80% of their source, their suppliers engaged in likewise processes. And as you know, one of the quotes in, in the article that I read about this that kind of inspired me is, most Target suppliers have very singular focuses on keeping Target as a customer. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, they're, essentially, they're going to compel these vendors and mm. give those vendors, those suppliers... Um, priority because of meeting, helping them meet this yeah. initiative. Love and it. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of big brands here as sustainability. Finally, uh, not only are the companies and the shareholders demanding it, but consumers are demanding it, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, Nike, uh, we, we covered a, a story where they're building a, a big new facility uh, in Europe with sustainability is like the top of how it's planning its approach, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's taking trucks off the road because they're, they're putting it next to the canal system. Uh, I can't remember how many miles and empty miles are saving, but, but, and that's just a tip at iceberg. Uh, Ikea is working with us with early stage or maybe a startup company called Optoro to reduce returns and improve its mm-hmm. reverse logistics. And of course we spoke a lot about that earlier today yep. on our reverse logistics series, but it all, I mean, it's all, it's all tied together. Right. It's all tied together. Um, but it's in it. And, you know, we're going to hear more and more and more. As well, Target continues to raise the bar on on corporate responsibility. And, you know, they're a big influencer mm-hmm. in that regard. That's right. So, well, and at the, I believe that at the end of the day is just uh, one of the things that we're realizing is that people are going to start moving into more mm-hmm. 
purpose. Yeah. Purpose, right? So yeah. companies are starting to shift away from just consuming things to really doing things responsibly, not yes. because they are nice, but because they know that everyone else that's coming up and all the millennials that are behind us yes. demand that. Yes. Yeah. It's just really going to be a competitive advantage, as we talked about on our last podcast. It's right. gone from a nice to have to like, if you don't have it, you're going yeah. out. You have to have purposity. I like that word. Coin the yeah. words. Coin the words yeah, here. Yeah, sustainable, uh, sustainability. Sustainability. Yeah. yeah. Malcolm. Purposity. Uh, Dig yeah. me on that one. But but kidding aside, you're absolutely right. And 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 it is it's neat to see um, in so many different ways. And we talked earlier about how uh, consumers and and some of our buying habits. That's the next thing we need to really. Um, start to shift, mm-hmm. right? This whole returns era that we live in where you can get three and send two back. Well, what happens to the two? You know, unfortunately, we know all too, a lot of folks know all too often what does happen to the mm-hmm. two because they destroy it because it, it, it's the low, low, least cost way of, of handling with that all too often. So anyway, fascinating to see what Target's doing. I think it's setting a good example in many ways. When right? retailers are in, the, I mean, they have the greatest ability to impact these things because they are attached to the consumer, yep. they touch every product that goes to the consumer. So they, it's easier for them to uh, p- push this sort of initiative through the supply chain because if you don't do what they want, mm. you don't make any money off of them, mm. right? Mm. And they are reflecting, I think they're, you know, they're reflecting very well and in a timely fashion, the demands of, of the consumer. Agreed. Sure. It's only going to get uh, more prominent because the next generation, iGen, I have two millennials and an, mm-hmm. and an IJ. AKA Gen Z, right? Yeah, Gen Z. Learn that today. Yep. yep. Um, so I have two two millennials and a Gen Z, and um, she's even more aware of these things even than the millennials are. And it's, I mean, she's the one who buys her clothes from Goodwill. So, Love it. Um, she's very aware. It's funny to think about people who know first know the word supply chain, Consumers know the word supply chain, and now they know supply mm. chain responsibility mm. and sustainability as well. So, Love it. Have to bring her on. Uh, and I think it's important, important part of what we do. So, look, we're going to talk about purpose, <laughs> purposity. We should have we made that the title of the uh, – Oh, it's going to be the episode. Uh, yeah, the title of the episode, purposity. <laughs> That's right. Not pomposity. So, who- um, so yeah, so um, – I don't know which of you wants to take the four on this, Adrian or Enrique, but before we we really roll into the discussion, I think it's important for our listeners to understand why you felt compelled to launch this series and kind of the message that um, you know you you want to get out there or get extracted because um, you know I know this is a big part of what you do. So can you tell us a little bit about your why here? Yes, of course, and. Um the the main reason is because we're passionate about giving back and uh I, again i'm not saying that because we're nice people or we're actually uh want to uh pretend to be nice we're right, saying you're really tough it's, it's one strategic. tough sob it's yeah. right exactly <laughs> uh, exactly especially uh, if you cross him on any kind of philanthropic purpose yes adrian's the one with black belt <laughs> yeah uh, that's right that. that's but right. uh but no i at the end of the day, that's just in our DNA. That's why we started Vector. We started Vector with the mission of changing the world and making the world uh, a better place and making a positive impact for people that work with us. And this is the reflection of who we are and why we do what we do. And I've said this before, but we just happen to be in logistics. Uh, we do a terrific job at it, but it really is uh, a, a, a way for us to affect the lives uh, of others and positively change the culture, the society, and the communities that we're in. And so for us, this series, Logistics with Purpose, was a way to share a little bit of the amazing organizations that we work with day in and day out, and uh, just to give everyone else out there a little bit of a sense of how uh, amazing it feels and how impactful it is if you can like change your mindset a bit and change your business model a bit and then just mm-hmm. really focus on uh, changing things for the better and, and, and revenues and profits and all these other things uh, will then come. Uh, so we're basically just excited to to introduce uh, your listeners to mm. some of the people that have in, uh, inspired us to to 
to wake up in the mornings and work as hard as we as we do. So Mike's so. going to share with us a little bit about uh, you know what what how how Thrive Farmers and Thrive Works um, contribute to that. But can you tell us a little bit about? I mean, you guys are a great and shining example of mm-hmm. how to do this. So can you tell us a little bit about how Vector um, contributes to the to changing the world? Sure. I mean, just on the on the on the charity side of it, with every container that we ship, uh, we um, uh, um, supply uh, dehydrated food stuff uh, to to Africa. We've been doing that through Serve International uh, for many many years now. Um, our two our, uh, office in uh, Mexico um, also uh, contributes uh, uh, in a, in a large way uh, to a body that helps children with uh, with cancer. Mm. Uh, so that's a big part of what we do down there. It's it's, it's a huge passion for them. Uh, and in Chile, uh, we support an organization uh, for children with uh, learning disabilities and physical disabilities. Mm. Um, so those are just three. Uh, for, that, every that we, container, for every something container, something goes to one of these organizations. Uh, no, we that it goes to Africa. It goes mm. to okay, okay, got Kenya, it. I believe it is that we that we okay. ship to. Yeah, mm. got it. Okay, so we help wow. to feed feed the people there. We've been doing that for a number. So every of years office now. has its own cost, and yet right. for every container moved. And yeah. this right. uh, holiday season, we usually do either the donate on behalf of our clients. Uh, and this year, uh, we basically worked uh, in conjunction with Matilda and Ghana to load right. a container uh, for, for uh, 5,000 children in Ghana, and we actually mm. loaded them with uh, books and glasses, and mm. we're doing some eye screenings. And yeah, exactly. For these kids, you can't, you can't really see mm. properly without, without the glasses. You know? mm-hmm. And some of these kids, this party, is, uh, it's the first time they get a, a solid meal uh, with some chicken for the entire year. So it's a huge thing, and we're very proud of our colleague, uh, Matilda, who has organized this for four years in a row now. We, um, Matilda's an irresistible force. Yes, and she really is. And we'll yeah. have to have her on the next uh, yes. episode yeah. for sure. Yeah. So three continents. You're, you're moving the needle and, and really impacting lives, and especially kids. You hate to see kids suffer in on any way, shape, or form. Right. You don't want to see any suffering, but kids in particular, and kids with cancer, and kids that don't have a full meal like you talk about, or, or, or kids that are struggling to have books to develop reading skills or, or can't even – you know their eyesight is impacted, mm-hmm. so I love we love the story. Um, what a simple metric too, mm. just every container. Yeah, I mean it it really reinforces the the to do it right and the win the trigger for doing it. Yep, right. It's simple, right. and right? it just makes it a lot more uh, meaningful as well, right? Because uh, you're not thinking of moving a container from point A to point B. You're thinking of giving food or giving mm. books or giving education or giving hope or shipping bicycles, right? So it's Mm. For people that work at Vector, I think that just having this cause as our main strategy mm. uh, has made us a, a, an even better logistics company, if that mm. makes sense. So yeah. how long have you been doing this? You said basically since the inception since of Vector, right? Yeah. But, so when is that? 2009. I might, I might add as well that we're all, we're all empowered uh, to go out and find a cause that we're passionate about as well. Uh, just the most recent example, we have uh, colleagues in, in, uh, in our office in Mexico who went out in their own, uh, found a group of children uh, who were very, uh, didn't have much this, this Christmas season, organized a big party for them, uh, got a Christmas wish list from their caregivers who were looking after them, and, uh, and a lot of it out of their own pocket uh, went outside of the, of the budget they had and uh, supplied these kids with, with mm. Christmas presents and everything they wanted. So mm. wow. um, that's a huge thing for us. Is that we're, 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 what what you do know. you guys think the main thing these kids wanted was? Uh, Shoes. A tough guess. Soccer balls. Cool. No, it's very close. Like mm. underwear, underwear, it's and really. socks. It's often socks. socks yeah, socks, socks, underwear, and, and which it's just heartbreaking, isn't mm. it? Just this. That's what they want for Christmas. Yeah, I can set but, you up with some socks. Mm. Yeah, time. Mm. Ne- next. That's good. <laughs> Let's do that. Just in the whole container. Uh, yeah, I'll add some socks to yeah. the next containers for sure. Um, Glad to do that. So, so let's make sure our listeners know how how can they learn before we dive yeah. into the conversation with Mike. How can folks learn more about Vector? Really, they can come to uh, come to us on Facebook, uh, our, our website uh, vectorgl.com. dot uh, com. We're on Instagram, or they can contact me personally, um, Adrian A D R I A N dot Pertil P U R T I L L at Vector that's V E C T O R G L dot com. Excellent, great, excellent.
Yeah. Appreciate y'all. I, I know that Plus, I just love hearing Adrian talk. I do, too. This funky, <laughs> this funky southern accent of my yeah. yeah, very southern. We need to have very you doing southern. some more ads, yeah. Adrian. Yeah. The yeah. IQ of this table just it went It just up. goes up yeah. just because of his accent. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> say sponsor Supply Chain Radio just real quick. Sponsor Supply Chain Radio. All right. Did we get that? We got it recorded. We're going to bake that into our next social media <laughs> it's campaign. Right. It's going to work just like that. Um so, and I appreciate y'all sharing. I know that yeah. y'all are very, um, it's always about the customer, always about the effort, always about, um, you know, everyone other than Vector. But thanks for, for uh, you know, bearing with us and, and talking to us more about what y'all do day in and day out. And I can't be, we can't be more excited about this series. Yeah. So thank you very yeah. much. Okay. So back to our, our featured guests here today. And again, I think for this first, this kickoff Logistics with a Purpose series, um, what an excellent organization. So, uh, Mike uh, Menina, good afternoon again. Good to see you guys. Yeah, great um, to have you. Your ears have has, have had the big burning <laughs> for yeah. quite some time. Um, your coffee's been percolating. We're big uh, fans. Yeah. Big the fans. Bit. It does smell really good. You can't you can't smell they that. Can't smell. Let me that. hold up the mic. That's right. Um, so let's let's get you know, before we talk shop. Before we learn more about ThriveWorks uh, and Thrive, let's talk more about Mike, who Mike is. So tell us about you know where you grew up and and give us some anecdotes about that upbringing. Yeah, so I um, I'm an Atlanta native. Uh, grew wow. up outside of the city and in the suburbs from a you know generally middle class family. Nothing abnormal. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents did separate at an early age, and that kind of mm-hmm. forced my brother and I to become a little more independent mm. we were always very um we were taught few, um frugalness i guess mm. and stewardship from a young age so frugosity. i started frugosity <laughs> you know <laughs> purposity yeah, yeah. Um, but i'd say that i was always i was always working from the time i can remember i remember being i don't know if i'm you know this was legal at the time but mm. it didn't used to matter i cut my grass when i was in i was eight years old and we mm. would be cutting the grass and and then that turned into doing neighbors work. We'd work with neighbors and then sure. working at the uh, local swim team. And um, How many yards did you get up to? Uh, I only had a couple. My brother was the real entrepreneur. Really? He right. had like four or five yards, which at that time, you know, he was, he was. What's money. the age difference? You and your two brother? Two years. Okay. Yeah. You're the oldest? I'm the oldest okay. by two years. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I was fine on a normal course. I say I was pretty scrappy in surviving. And then. Um, you know, I was not spirituality was not a big thing in our household, uh, not a, a huge thing. But then, when I was about eighteen, before I went off to college, I did have a very uh, deep spiritual encounter mm. that really kind of woke me up to mm. what what a, what am I living for? And I had this weird f- fear as a kid, like not even fear, but I just had this sense that I wasn't going to live very long. Like I always had this sense of urgency Mm. and I don't mean to get super deep. I already, I warn these guys for the listeners. I warn them ahead of time. (laughs) You're getting a deep deep philosopher here. Uh, So sorry if you glaze over, but you know, I always felt like life was going to be short. And Mm. so I felt the sense of urgency. And after that spiritual awakening, I kind of understood the why Mm. for me. And so I went off to college I went to university of Georgia and was so grateful for the hope scholarship because I was able to afford to go studied business and journalism and it was one of the summers i got a scholarship to go and it was really cool because the the donor wrote the scholarship to force people to study abroad Mm. and go do an experience in non-traditional non-european countries so it was scoped where you had to choose either somewhere in asia Mm. africa or south america wow okay i chose peru and I, I got the, the scholarship, the grant, and I went and spent a summer in an orphanage in, outside of Lima mm. and then up in the mountains um, in the rural parts of the country. And that was my first time seeing the, the disparity in the world mm. and for me kind of this injustice mm. that I felt very compelled to do something about. Mm. And so I came back. Um, that was a deep summer um a lot of processing i have literally a whole i'm a i'm a i write Mm. and so i had a whole journal like this in front of me filled just from those 60 days i was down there Mm. because i was just absorbing so much and that basically shaped the rest of my my life how long ago was that roughly 
No, let's say 20 years. Okay. It's probably been 20 years. So was that, I mean, was there like a pivotal moment while you were down there where you just went? Yeah, the very first. I have to do something about this? Yeah. Uh, you know, I land, yeah, I had done international travel. I was always drawn to culture. I was always drawn to understanding people and, you know, fascinated by the differences and yet the commonalities mm-hmm. of human human existence. So I went down and we got there late one night. So, you know, I got picked up from the airport, went to a volunteer house. It was kind of like a group house. And it was the next day or the following day after that when the director of the volunteer program took us to the slums outside the city of what had been a trash dump that then a bunch of my people who had migrated from the Amazon jungle and came to the city. They were kept out, you know, decades before Mm. the city built a wall and said, you cannot come in and migrate here, but you can have this trash dump. And that trash dump then turned into an entire city with 200 some thousand people. But it had, you know, for me, we went there and we were driving through and I remember we went to a cemetery, and I had never in the trash dump in the tra- in this. It was, it's like a town now. Yeah. I mean, um, and it. I, I saw it, the you know the cemetery, and it was these just super basic, you know, little tombs mm. blocks, and uh, it was all in dirt and all dirt roads, and there was no running water, and there was. You know, they were explaining about the corruption, and I was asking, you know, what's that bucket in front of these little shanty homes? And they're like, well, that's where the water gets mm-hmm. delivered. And, you know, a lot of these guys, if you don't pay them a bribe, then you don't get water delivered. So I'm just sitting there. I just remember, like, walking and, and, and weeping mm-hmm. and just feeling like, this this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I've basically spent the rest, the last 20 years in different forms of trying to empower humans to thrive Mm. human flourishing is kind of i'd say the theme Mm. and it sounds really deep and i mean i'm not trying to say like i'm perfect and that i you know not selfish but um it definitely put me on a journey of like i want to understand why is this the case that there's this this level of disparity yeah and what can be done about it yeah Mm. and i think something can be done and in 20 years in i'm i'm not you're doing it i'm not jaded and I think we can do it. And, you know, when we met Enrique and, and Adrian at Vector through a mm. mutual friend uh, who said, you guys have to meet because you all are trying to change the world and make mm. it better. Mm. Um, and so that's how this whole introduction came and so how you're stuck with me today. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Love man. it. And, and I love um, – uh, just how frank you are with that epiphany you had, um, and and then how you've acted on that, you know, in the twenty years since, and we'll talk more uh, about Thrive Works here. Um, so we're familiar, of course, with Thrive. I'm less familiar with Thrive Works. So tell yeah. us more about uh, the organization first, and then we'll talk about your role. Cool. So I think you you've got to see that there there are two distinct entities in a singular mission. And what, what's really cool when you really go deep into how do you make the world a better place, you can retrofit an old business model and then try to make something good come out of it. Or what we got to do, we got the luxury to do, which, which was dream of how to solve a problem. And then what are the platforms you need to actually engage to solve that problem? And we came up with a two-pronged approach. You needed to reshape the coffee industry through a for-profit business mm. that took a commodity that had been traded, second largest traded commodity in the world, mm-hmm. coffee, behind, what do you guys think? Orange juice. Large, <laughs> orange juice, yeah. Oil. Oil, oh, oil, oil is the largest course, traded right. commodity. So um, uh, It's much nicer to drink orange juice and coffee. <laughs> than that, the coffee is the uh, second largest most traded. And so, and yet there, there was 400 plus years of this of a disparity of a supply chain mm-hmm. of things being grown in parts of the world on the backs of very you know indentured servant or slave labor mm, right. coming into a wealthier economy wealthier consumers and that value never got transferred into mm. those economies so when when michael jones our co-founder um, who i got to meet a few years into his journey of launching thrive he he basically said we're going to change this and we're going to rebuild how this is done mm-hmm. and we're going to build it from the ground up. And so that's Thrive Farmers. Thrive Farmers is essentially a direct source supply chain 
for large scale businesses. And we do have amazing customers out there, some of the best uh, restaurants in the industry. Mm-hmm. We work with big clothing companies who care about supply chain and manufacturing. We work with smoothie companies. We work with hotels. We have our own coffee shops. And we kind of have this really unique customer facing piece, but we're really a supply chain mm. logistics company. Mm. And the whole piece was consumers are paying the same price for a cup of coffee when you go buy it at the store, you go buy it at a cafe, you buy it in a grocery year after year. And maybe, you know, I actually, I, I'm a nerdy economist on, on the side <laughs> and I was tracking the price of a cup of coffee um, from, from a big, you know, company you could probably guess who's probably the biggest selling for saint, the, for is, 20 is it named after years. a saint saint arbucks <laughs> um. and so i was tracking the pricing and it basically tracks with inflation which yeah. means it's stable yet if you look at what a farmer who grows the raw product at the mm. bottom of that value chain what they're getting compensated in real terms is actually declining over the past 20 years and because on a on an annual basis you can have a 60 percent volatility of mm. that price. Mm. So imagine you're getting one paycheck a year mm. and you have to invest all of that paycheck into your your business to be in business the next year to get the next paycheck, but you can't predict what you're going to earn. Mm. And so right. what happens in the coffee industry for a lot of farms is, is devastating. And then it creates all these other ills in society. So mm. immigration you see coming out of mm. Guatemala, people leaving because they don't have healthy lives. So right. Thrive essentially is solving that. Um, and we're really excited and proud of that. So and they're, they're transferring that value, that price stability mm. to farmers doing a profit share. Farmers are earning 66% above some of the fair trade prices and even beyond. Wow. And, it's, and, and we are paying consistent prices year after year. And that's been amazing. It's been so fun to be a part of that team. 66% above fair trade. That's the prices. average. And a lot of them are even higher. That, that should be in bold numbers, yeah. by and, the way. That is enormous. Mm. I mean, one of the things that I learned last time I met with Mike was the immigration and then how it correlates with the price of coffee. And I thought that was just fascinating, especially because it was right in the middle of that immigration, um, I guess, media mass movement. Mass right. movement yeah. And, uh, yeah. That I was, mean, to me, that's it's incredible. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the external effects of an economy that gets broken, you know, and so – it's not that we are taking we're, – we're not involved in policy issues. We're not involved in these kind of issues. But if you go down to the core of why would somebody leave a really beautiful place that when you go to a – you know, I was – three weeks ago, we were launching our, our water initiative in the western highlands of Guatemala. It's right mm. on the Mexican-Guatemalan border. When you go to this place, it's the most beautiful paradise you've ever seen from a – the mountains, the mm. trees, the landscape, the climate. I mean, it, it couldn't be more beautiful. Mm-hmm. You couldn't grow more delicious foods and fruits yeah. and crops, right? So why would you want to leave that at great risk to yourself? Well, it's not because uh, people just decide, like, hey, I just want to leave. No. Um, <laughs> what, they told, what they'll tell you is the pain of hunger mm-hmm. is so much greater than the fear of what's on the other side of, you know, trying to mm. risk your life. Yeah. So mm. it's, uh, it's really interesting. And Well, so, so let's talk. Uh, I want to ask you about the program areas that Thrive Works is involved in. Can you give us some examples? Before that, we do that, your role with the organization and yeah. where do you spend your time? So my role has um, largely been to launch Thrive Works. And that's kind of now the second piece of this. So let's, let's go back to the thesis that if you want to change um, – the way the world affects poverty, mm. which is what we've set out to do. And we want to create communities that thrive. Mm-hmm. And we want to do that through agriculture because if we affect agriculture, the World Bank, so kind of this premier institution of the whole world, says you have a two to four times higher impact if you move the needle on ag than any mm. other industry. Mm. So we, we know we can reach the world's poor through ag. We do it through coffee. Now, what is it a, a community with more income mm do to evolve and then get the other things they need well that's where thrive works came in because we said hey we've got to unlock this potential of the entire community where farmers are now earning mm. a decent living mm. and how do we do that well thrive works came and said we're going to do a holistic community development approach um, which is focused on economic opportunity mm. health and wellness leadership because you've got to unlock that potential mm. that's already there mm. Um, education 
an environment. Mm. And then within those pillars, you really, we dig in, really do a lot of water uh, initiatives and, and we're focused on education. So those are kind of the, the buckets. And we say those are the elements that essential to a thriving mm. community. If without any of those five, you basically can have a place that thrives. And you can apply that formula to Atlanta or to boroughs of Atlanta or Chicago or all, all over the world. You can, you can apply the same formula. Mm. Um, and so that's what we've been, we've been thinking through. And we decided it was in our interest to put a nonprofit together that is separate from the company mm. and not even funded entirely by the company, but funded by a, a coalition of mm. like-minded people, organizations, customers who are buying product from these communities now have a right to be there. Hmm. And ThriveWorks is becoming, you know, what we've built over the last four years is now supply chain solutions to, to solve world problems. Love it. So what we would love is if we can ever be helpful, and that's why I'm excited to be here today, mm-hmm. any of the things we're learning along the way um, could help the targets of the world and the Costco's of the world and the shipping companies of the world. Right. If we can be helpful, uh, we want to be. Well, you know, as, as our listeners can probably already gather from what you've shared, uh, you're not putting your eggs in one basket. You're, you're, you're touching the community and, and the places you serve a number of different ways, uh, you know, from transformational leadership, economic opportunity, education, environment, health and wellness, your organization's touching each of those aspects. What's, um, What's what's an example of, of a couple of those areas that maybe you haven't touched on yet, where you're you're really driving the needle? Uh, right. So moving the needle. Sorry. So we have we we you know, I can go back into my history because yeah. I didn't tell you anything about my career, which was mm. previously in government, and so I had this in government. You you your job is to create policies that allow conditions for humans to flourish, right? That's the general thrust of what a good government is there to do. Help society thrive by creating good, stable policies. It's a top-down approach, right? Mm -hmm. What's cool about business is we get to be the grassroots bottom-up. And so with with thrive works we say we're market driven so we we come behind the supply chain of a of a for profit i think that's the secret of we can effectively move the needle on poverty far cheaper yeah. quicker and more effectively by mm. working with a corporation who's got a supply chain tail somewhere mm-hmm. and is willing to let us work with that um, than we could if we just try to do it on their on our own so uh, market driven locally led You've got to get in the mind of the community first. Mm. And then globally connected, meaning how do you, when a, when a community is lacking a piece of what they need to move the needle, that's when we need to connect them in a globalized world mm, to right. more resources and talents from the outside. So that's what we do. And so the, the programs, basically, the communities have to drive what we are going to partner with them. If we come in and say, huh, we see that you don't have water and these kids don't have shoes and this is, and we come in from the outside, which is often sadly how the government will do mm-hmm. things. Uh, and no ding on my government colleagues, right. especially if you're listening. I, I <laughs> was one of you. I still love you, right? Um, you do a lot of great things, but we've got to be really careful with that. And so uh, the communities kind of tell us what to do. The last thing we just launched three weeks ago was a culmination of three years working in, in a community. And it was a, a clean water initiative um, and it's it's starting small with household clean water, um, and that's touching. It's I mean it's small. It's six hundred fifty mm. people in in round one, another six hundred fifty round two. But I think what's really cool is the communities have actually bought in. They're mm. actually paying for a lot of this themselves, mm. um, largely because they're earning and they they can. Right. And now we're about to be able to scale that to thousands in a whole region that really needs it. So that's exciting. Mm. Um, we do some leadership camps with high school students and elementary school students. So we have a whole group of camps we've, we've, we do um, wow. partnership with um, Windshape Camps. Um, they are one of the large camp organizations in the U.S. They do amazing, amazing work. And we're working with them in Costa Rica. We do eight mm. weeks of programming. And that was really fun because, you know, you, here in America, a lot of us, our kids maybe go to a camp or something, but uh, in Costa Rica, we sign our kids up for every single camp available. I don't know about you, right? Right, especially when the summer comes. Yeah, right. Right. but only with you four weekends. Yeah, a year, that's right. I love you, Brantley and Gracie and Ben. But anyway, 
Well, so so it was so fun because we're trying to explain to these communities this, you know, what is about to come. We, were, we got this week-long camp, and they mm. just couldn't imagine, like, what is that? Right. But anyway, fast forward, and we've done it two years in, in 16 different places. Mm. And what it does is it brought this amazing unity to entire communities of people who were divided politically or spiritually or economically the whole community in a rural town has to come together to put on this four-day camp mm. where they're the volunteers because again we're not coming in and do it for them they're going to lead it mm-hmm. we're going to support it and then you get in a rhythm and all of a sudden amazing good comes out of that so mm. that's the beauty of having a specialized nonprofit. That works with the for-profit, but is not a normal corporate foundation. Mm. Um, we needed to specialize, and we needed to be autonomous and unique. That's an exceptional vision by any standard, even for a nonprofit, to teach them to fish, yeah. not give them fish, right? Because ultimately, that creates the sustainability of that community to be able to support themselves, right? E- even if a even if a community has the economic means to do so, they still need to have the knowledge to understand how to deal with those means, yep. right? Yeah. Um, wow, that's great. Okay, it's, so I it's feel easy like, to say, it's harder to do, but yeah. we um, we but it, feel like we. we but it's core it. to what you're offering. It's, I mean, it's, really, it's essential. Yeah, it's essential. And and you know that that's not always the case, but that transition from standing to standing on your own is mm-hmm. is a really important part of what a philanthropy like yeah. yours delivers. So do I get to like ride on that, or you have? I want to I want to start preaching almost. <laughs> Uh, ready? I, Go for it, man. Well, because like, here's the here's the call to all of us mm. in the global community. Supply chain is we've got to start seeing ourselves as we're not part of a transaction of supply moving right. from a p- far reach part of the world that you've never heard of to your customers. Right. Where th- these are each transaction actually represents people and it represents right. livelihood. And what's so cool in the 21st century that was never really able to be done quite to this degree ever before in the previous centuries and millennia really is that we can now shrink the world yeah. to the, you know, what's going on in the Western Highlands of Guatemala in those families producing a bean that then somehow makes it to a restaurant in Manhattan yeah. it is being drank by an executive of a Wall Street firm. Right. That all of a sudden there there's now this unique connection. Mm. And so what what's been so fun for me and rewarding, you know, when I was on this water project, it was one of the most successful restaurateurs that I've ever met has got a very successful restaurant in Manhattan who had come down. He, he buys coffee out of this community with us. Um, and he got to go into um, a kid's house. Kid has got spina bifida and mm-hmm. they don't have any treatment there. So he's paralyzed. Mm. And yet we get to relate as humans on equal footing. Mm-hmm. And so here you have this guy who's, whose restaurant's doing uh, seven seven plus figures a year and a kid who's paralyzed living in a hut on the mountains of Guatemala mm. who produced something that his customers at Manhattan are enjoying and supply chain makes us all come together yes. and bond. And so that's, um, I love it. Well, you know, so we're all partial in this around this table because, yeah. um, the supply chain folks, folks that work in this world, I think they, they can, as you're putting it, they can so uniquely not just shrink the world, but they can save the world. Uh, we are used to, as supply chain professionals, we're used to solving problems yep. and solving problems quickly, solving solving surprises. Uh, you name it, we know that at the end of the day, the consumer's got to be served, right? And and that's what, as I heard you speak about um, the you know the power of supply chain, a lot of what you do and and supply chain solutions. That's the great advantage of, of supply chain today because not only can we tap into all that know-how and that leadership bandwidth, but since supply chain's got a seat at the table, we're making a much greater impact. And and, and so uh, you're preaching to the, the right uh, choir here, but hopefully a lot of our listeners are getting well, it's it too. It's exciting, exciting times, right? Because uh, at this point, as we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast, like the consumers are starting to not only connect the dots, but they are starting to personally relate to people all over the world, which will not only shrink the world even faster, but they care. It's You're not just buying yeah. a book. Right. I mean, you yeah. really want to buy a book that is manufactured by someone that's really care for that person that's doing the planting of the trees or whatever, right? So it's uh, 
it's going to be very exciting. And I think, as you said, Mike, just consumers with uh, technology and with what you guys are doing, and that's why you guys are so important, this whole supply chain mm. network as well, Greg and, and Scott, is just raising that awareness. Yeah. Uh, and, and as we continue forward uh, in the world, like a couple of years from now, we're hoping that people will just realize that we're all in this together. Absolutely, and, and and it's such an awareness gap. I mean, you know, yesterday on a, on a um, one of our podcasts, we were talking about the gender gap in, in industry and and how, unfortunately, according to the some views out there, well founded, data driven views, that this technology, you know, everyone's doubling down on AI in twenty twenty. You you hear it in every single conversation. Uh, I think folks would be surprised on just how much AI touches in their life that they they really don't know that that's what's driving. Well, unfortunately. In that community, as we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. I think 22% of the AI professional community are women, right? Huge gap there. Well, if we think about what Biden and Greg, I know you have a much more eloquent view than I do on this, a much more educated view. But, you know, if we don't, if we don't change who's building the algorithms uh, and if we aren't so careful about not perpetuating some historical bias, well, what's coming out – of the, these of these AI programs is going to be more of the same, and it's not that anyone's wrong. It's not that how'd you put it on it, the drive-in here? Yeah, it's more imprinting than intentional, right? It's if if a guy is teaching AI about shoes, he's going to use a man's shoe, mm. right? If a guy, you know, subconsciously sees doctors as men, it's going to be a picture of a man whenever you teach the AI about doctors. And I think we have to be in, intentional rather than imprinted we have to be an intentional to be you know to be representative of everybody yes. or you know all of the points of view right we need more we need more p- points of view mm. right mm. when we when well, we do benefit. anything yeah right yep so. and, it, and it comes back to awareness you know it, it comes yeah. back to so much of what you're talking about and a point you just made enrique you know, if folks just kind of salt, and, and, and we all struggle with it, right? There's, there's limited hours in the day. But if we could all just try to understand and, and know what we don't know, because there's all, that gap for everyone, um, there, there's so much that we can, that we can much, so, much, so much more that we can accomplish. And, and I love the, I mean, you know, our next question we want to pose to you was about your why. But I think, I mean, I think if anything, I think you could maybe consolidate your why, mm. because I feel like you've expressed your why yeah throughout this but i mean is there i mean is there sort of a central tenet that you know that you're serving is there that yeah yeah, is there a nagging feeling in your mind or something that you feel like you're serving um, i mean i i told you the highest purpose for me was you know if if we were created by a good god i want to serve and and love him and do everything for that and then the sub part of that is if we're here in the short little blip of life, then I want to maximize the time that I'm here because if I think I'm I'm going any day, you know, like, I don't know. And if you've seen Hamilton, it's one of my favorite musicals. I love musicals. My wife got me into it. Uh, if you haven't, you've got to see it. Okay. But there's this whole song in it of why do you write like you're running out of time every day, every day and night you're running out of time. So this theme that this guy who came from an island and mm. was an orphan and 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 had nothing becomes Alexander Hamilton, who then leads so much of the country's founding. Right. Uh, brilliant, brilliant show and play. But mm. but I, I, I related to that and I was like, gosh, that's it. Like, I can't sleep. I did, mm. hardly slept last night. This whole week is crazy. <laughs> um, I just feel like if we're going to be here, right. we need to make the most of our time and you. we've got to help each other. And that's it. It's an obsession. Yes. It right. Is I mean, I, you know, I, I talk to a lot of the founders and and leaders of companies that I work with um, and I, and I'll tell them that you know many people will say I'm just really passionate about this technology or this you know this um, application or this cause but but passion is not sufficient obsession is what is required to really engage and really to make things happen and it, you've got that and that's Awesome it was given. See. I'd say it was given to me, and and I think the challenge for all of us, because everyone listening, you've got some obsession. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do you cultivate and maintain it? Because it's easy to get jaded. It's yep. easy to think like, right. oh, this doesn't matter. Oh, this is just more. I mean, in the, in the whole sustainability world, you know. I think many of you are probably sick, like I am, of just mm. hearing about sustainability, sustainability. Well, if you don't see it as 
an opportunity to leave your mark on the world because you really want to do that mm. and you mm-hmm. feel like you're forced just to do it because that's what the market asks and that's what this customer I don't know why they want that but you know it's 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 not as fun mm. if you're just doing it because you feel like you have to out of to obligation it, right, right. Yep. Guys, it's way more fun to do it when you see that you can make a difference. Make an impact. Absolutely. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a twist here. Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh-oh. So we want to uh, close, uh, but, but before we, we, we get more information about where folks can learn more, you know, we always like to get a sense of what folks are thinking kind of in the broader. I mean, well, that's tough to say with this audience because they're already thinking in the broader global business community. But rather than just asking Mike about the trends and, and topics that he's thinking about more than others, I want to also get Adrian's and Enrique's input on that, too. So we're going to start with Mike, though. Um, so when you, when, you, when you go broader and, and we think about um, – and you've got a pretty unique perspective because you, it, you are already so deeply involved in that global community. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, but what else when you're not um, – driving change and when you, and you look at how the industry is evolving and whether it's technology and business what what is one of those trends or, or developments that you've got your finger on the pulse and find more intriguing than others right now uh so i i obsess about how do these different how do different ecosystems really work together in the world mm. and what i mean by that is how do uh, how would a, a logistics company work with a distri- like a you know a retailer mm. work with the supplier work with an NGO work with a government so I, I you know I see all these spheres of different people doing good right and rarely do they actually all work together and mm. you've got big bodies like the UN and everyone they you know they put sustainable development goals right. they brought draw everyone to New York you have a few conversations with the Fortune 50 companies and then everyone kind of goes their merry way and nothing really changes and I think what I'm seeing is there has to be places where we innovate and bring these spheres of expertise and knowledge together yes. in ways that are win 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 and that's what we've basically tried to do at ThriveWorks with all of our Stakeholders, I love it. You know what? Uh, you're clearly the best of the best because, uh, as Mike Griswold has shared with us, from mm. Gartner, yep, uh, they conduct the top 25 supply chain rankings each year. It's a wonderful, uh, it's, it's a huge source of information. And one of the trends they identified, uh, I believe, is last year the 2018 rankings, right? Were the best of the best. We're getting exactly what you described. All the different industries and sectors, and and how there's something they can do together. Where well, the best companies are figuring out how to have those conversations with these with all these different components of of society, and then doing something with that using different resources in different ways. That's what that's what's driving a lot. That was a common thread a lot of uh, with the top what they call the masters category mm-hmm. and a lot of the top ten. So your vision's dead on. That's that's the challenge. You know. Th- Let's not think like it's 1982. We talk about that a lot, mm. but let's act like it's like it's 2032, right? Yeah. yeah. Amen. All right. So moving right around the table, <laughs> uh, Adrian, I, I want to pose the same question to you. You know, y'all are involved in the global business too, but what's what's one development or innovation or topic that you're tracking more than others right now in global supply chain? I think what's 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 really critical, and and this is this is not new at all, but it's something that I I, I try and focus on a lot, and and uh, studies uh, have have borne this out. A lot of articles I've read and reports I've read that customers, when they polled uh, executive decision makers in, in companies uh, looking for supply chain services, um, need the service uh, providers to uh, to uh, uh, um, offer. Um, um, ideas and innovative mm. areas of, of improvement to their supply chain, mm. and that's just not happening because we all, you know, pretty much are the same. We offer the same rates, they use the same service, the same carriers. So that's something I find is is a, mm. is, a, is is something that's going to continue to be a you know a driving force is how we can make a difference. So you think more. the re- you think the shippers? Are, I think you guys might call some of them some of these people shippers, but the retailers and distributors mm. and manufacturers. You think they are coming to? They want to come to you. For ideas about how to change they want, things, they want us to go to them mm. with, with those, those new ideas, ideas. with wow. those innovative ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they've got the right company because they're with hearing you guys. the same. They, I mean, you know, they're, they're hearing the same things over and over again. Yeah, and they're looking for people to 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 make a difference, to make them think about things yeah. in a new light. Wow, which is not happening. Yeah, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense, especially in in in, in the modern day supply chain where everything changes by the minute, right? Uh, and, and so I can hear that conversation as you as you went through that, as you shared your answer. I love how you do this. 
uh, Mr. or Mrs. Supplier, but what else can you do? You know, I've got these other challenges. I mean, that's a conversation that part probably plays out on a very regular basis. Um, Enrique, what about you? What, what, what are you tracking more than others here uh, lately? Well, one of the things that I'm, uh, really see, and I think that's going to be critical, not only for our company, but just for, I guess, uh, the life of a lot of companies out there. It's just like how to build bridges between each other and how to kind of like do that. And we have presence in Mexico. We have office in Chile and uh, everyone kind of like pays attention to the news. And there's a lot of really polarized ideas that are trying to separate us from one another into different buckets, into different classes, into painting this picture of a very dramatic and chaotic world that we, or they want us to believe we live in. And, and what I, what I really see like, uh, when I go to China, when I go to Chile, when I travel to Mexico, and when I talk to all these people and all these different clients and also the people that work with us, is that there's so many things that kind of bind us together. Mm. And so uh, one of the things that's going to be critical is just as um, uh, thriving uh, 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 as an organization will be to, to really bridge the gap and try to s- – try to separate a media in such a way that you're just getting the news, but at the same time, you're really conscious about what the news are telling you and what is true, what is not true, and what you really want it to be true, because we don't want to have this self-fulfilling prophecy about the world ending. And I feel like mm. sometimes that's that's kind of like where we're heading, right? Because mm. uh, so going out there, meeting people, the example that you put together was this business owner in new york kind of like being in guatemala with this kid it's just that's what we need to do and that's what i think we should continue doing just travel more be outside talk to people forget about electronics amen you know there's <laughs> oh him we've talked about uh blessed be the uh blessed yeah blessed be the ties that bind right and, and it reminds me of you know, blessed are the peacemakers and and you got to find you got to be willing to go out and find those common threads, right? right. There's plenty of differences, plenty of things that divide us. But if you if, if you care about taking the time to understand and, and find the ties that bind, there's so much. That we, I, what Mike out. said, think, right? It's just a lot more fun. And honestly, there's enough people out there that share certain core values, uh, regardless of your religion or political views, right. that. Uh, that just inspire you. And if you're just going to be here in this world, in this life for a short period of time, as Mike, again, will, <laughs> well said, you Look, might, you I'd rather live in 127. Right, right. Yeah, she yeah, will right. be. Hey, it's still short. She I guess, will relatively. be. Uh, but no, you might as well just kind of like, uh, try to inspire people. Absolutely. I try Here's to keep, a, I try to keep this in mind. Believe what you live, not what you hear. Mm. Right. Nice. I mean, you hear a lot. But right. when, like you're talking about and like you've experienced, you experience a lot different than what you hear. And I just refuse to believe what I hear. I believe what I live. Mm. Right. And I like that. And I think that's, it's comforting, honestly, because you don't feel like the world is ending because you're not seeing it. You don't feel like there's a lot of strife, at least, uh, you know, I, I don't want to go into a whole bunch of depth mm, there. Believe mm. what you live. Yes. <laughs> Believe what you live. Don't limit yourself, Greg. Yeah, yeah. All right. So. If I don't limit myself, this thing won't end. That's right. <laughs> no. The final on that is just yeah, like yeah, the, it, people are, when we get to know each other and actually remove our titles and our barriers and our intensity of whatever we're passionate about, we actually just do life with somebody mm. or share a meal or break bread. I mean, it is amazing how it doesn't matter what your political views, it doesn't matter. You probably don't even know. You, do, you don't have to know. And <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden you realize, wow, we have a lot more in common. There was a, yeah. there's a, there was a beautiful uh, ad a couple of years ago. I don't want to call it an ad, but and it might have been narrated on, on TV by Tony Morris. Mm. Uh, it was really, really emotional. And she said, we're, we're a lot more alike than we are different. And, Amen. Uh, it, was, it was incredible. I'm with you. If you've experienced life, you've experienced that firsthand. Yep. That is just simply mm. true, mm. right? If you've, if you've gone outside your comfort circle, then you will have undoubtedly, irrefutably experienced that. I think everybody needs an epiphany like Mike, you know, where he, he, you chose to go. You were, I guess you were challenged with that. How do you put it? Go to a, a non European. What was the what was the challenge? Yeah, like a non-traditional, yeah. uh, non-developed. Go to a go to a developing country, mm-hmm. and um, I'm really grateful for Mr. Court. Yes. back in the day, who seek gave me that un- opportunity. Seek you first to understand or, or uh, educate. I'd love to admire that and yeah. uh, admire more about 
you know, the action you've taken since um, uh, undergoing that aspect yeah. of your journey. Okay, so much good stuff here. Um, I'm glad this is a series, Enrique and Adrian, because I think this could this go, is a heck of a start. This could to go it, on man. for yeah. hours we and set hours. Set the bar pretty high. Well, there, yeah, there's so there's so much critical content and conversations like this uh and and also a lot of passion and i think with a lot of passion comes a lot of perspective um let's make sure mike that folks know how to to plug in to thriveworks great so if you need coffee coffee solutions go to www.thrivefarmers.com you can look us up there if you're looking for a supply chain solution thinking about how do you do good in your organization with your supply chain and how could you partner with nonprofits behind you and let them reap your benefits and y'all all win together then reach out to thriveworks www.thriveworks w o r x .org and you can hit me up at mike at thriveworks.org. Excellent. What if you want to reach out to Enrique Ferrofino? <laughs> Buy some of his coffee. <laughs> Come with us to Nicaragua. You know. Well, so uh, our listener, or if you, maybe if you're seeing YouTube, you can see this. But on the back of this uh, Thrive Coffee is um, the farmer that was responsible. Yeah, one of the farmers who grew that coffee. Yeah, that is man. That is so cool you got to put a face with you're right everyone producing whatever widget if somebody produced that and particularly if they grew it themselves as agriculture it's not manufactured even more so and so so mike i know you're not here to to sell anything but where can folks go buy this you can buy that on our website www.thrivefarmers.com perfect and you do retailers carry it Sad. We no. It's predominantly it's, food service. Yeah, up in the north. If you're up in Michigan and stuff, you'll start seeing in some some of your grocery. We've got some deals launching where you can get in grocery stores up in the Midwest and Love you it. know Michigan area. But so I have to ask, what's your favorite? I mean, you have. I can uh, see that you have a broad it's range. Like of wines. flavors. you know, it depends on <laughs> my mood. Uh, you know, some days I want. We've got a really good Ethiopian right now. Um, we've got a really high end one from Costa Rica that's that's sweeter and more citrusy. Mm. So we kind of like get really nerdy and geeky about our flavors just like if you were drinking different wines you might mm, be wow. in the mood for different coffees. Just, to, Love it. just to add as well as well as Mike being a nerdy economist on the side he's also a professional <laughs> coffee coffee brewer. Is he? We Which need Enrique to have, and I experienced firsthand. Absolutely. We got to have a uh, we need to have a, a coffee cutting. I don't know if they when I was at Cisco we you cut different vegetables kind of against each other, right? Uh, we well, we, we do a cupping. We okay. do a cupping table. Yeah. And then you cup through the coffees and they get scored and rated and Love you, it. you can have a winner. We'll have to do it. We'll invite Come over. Him. We'll yeah. invite Come over to cool. Thrive. Exactly. Maybe we can bring the whole thing back. Yeah. To, uh, that'd be awesome. You can film there someday. Yeah. So or, uh, record. Thriveworks.com. Dot org. Org. Dot org. org. Sorry. All right. And thrivefarmers.com. That's what it was. I know. It's confusing. We'll have both links on the show notes yeah. to make it really easy for folks to plug in. Fascinating story. I love what you are doing uh, to give back. And uh, again, what a great start. And we've got great teams, great partners. So it's yep. not just me. Um, on that note, let's we talk. We just couldn't fit everyone yes. in. <laughs> Mike was the only one. Uh, and let's make sure Vector again, vectorgl.com. Yeah, right. Right. That's it. Yep. Adrian Enrique. Uh, and, of course, you can find all all everyone across social. Um, but what a great – really, thanks for y'all's time today. Thanks for y'all's Thank continued you. partnership. Thank you. Um, this really – Send a container, feed a community, by the way. Yes. <laughs> um, but this is this is kind of what we're, we should be doing, you know. Love it. Uh, putting, uh, making stories like this, efforts like this, initiatives like this visible. So yep. really appreciate it. Okay, so y'all sit, sit tight for a second as Greg closes us out on some of the uh, events we've got coming up. Oh, my. Are we going to be busy? <laughs> so if that isn't enough, and gosh, don't you think it ought to be? Um, hey, we've got... <laughs> What's that from? That's from Letterman from That's the right. 80s, man, when I was a kid. <laughs> Not a boomer. Um, <laughs> so we've got the CSCMP Atlanta Roundtable coming up January 15th, um, featuring NAS Track, NAS track right? Yep. yep. And uh, that you can find out more about that at atlantacscmp.org. Um, we've got the retail, or sorry, the Reverse Logistics Association Conference in Vegas, baby. February 4th through the 6th, um, uh, that's rla.org. Tony Sharota, great Incredible. team. Mayor of Reverse Logistics. Try, they're trying to solve uh, reverse logistics problems from the front, not after the fact, trying to prevent 
speaking of which, we yes. ought to get y'all connected. I mean, y'all would really t- – Tony is out to change the world too uh, because when you think about uh, e-commerce, you think about the returns, and you think about sustainability, yeah. and you think – like we were talking maybe on the front end of this episode – you think about just all, all the waste that's created. Um, but yeah, that'd be a man. That'd be a, quite a show. But anyway, sorry. I just didn't need to I, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to visualize that. I can't imagine that. We gotta we gotta get them together off camera right. first. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get them to work out a little, a few. You know, we a little nervous energy. Eight. No, we work need, out we some need nervous it. energy. Let's go head to head. I like it. <laughs> no, it, it, um, it, lots of kindred spirits. Oh, okay. So, Modex, uh, 2020, right? 35,000 of your closest Huge. friends mm. um, solving materials handling problems. That's March 9th to 12th here in Atlanta at yep. the Georgia World Congress Center, the so, newly remodeled Georgia World Congress Center. It's also where uh, at least we first cannot get connected right. with Enrique. That's right, maybe on the too, Georgia Logistics know. Summit. Right. Yep. right. So we were all on the uh, executive committee of the Georgia Logistics Summit. Um, before we knew each other really well, we, we might have tipped mm. – an adult beverage or two and talked about things like this. I drank coffee. That's all I drank. Sure you did. <laughs> Very good coffee too, I'm sure. And ethically sourced. Um, not only uh, will we be streaming live from Modex, again, amongst 35,000 of our closest friends, but also uh, Modex is hosting the 2020 Atlanta Supply Chain Awards. So if you're in Atlanta or in the 29 county metropolitan service area of Atlanta, um, Nominate yourself, nominate a friend, nominate a company for one of the many categories that we have at AtlantaSupplyChainAwards.com. Christian Fisher, CEO, sorry, Christian Fisher, uh, President and CEO of Georgia Pacific, is going to be our keynote speaker. And Shan Cooper uh, will be our MC. She's got an amazing Mm. history reader bio on the Mm. Atlanta Supply Chain side. If I'm not mistaken, uh, you are based right here in Roswell. We are. Right? Yeah. Maybe we've got a close to Tony also. Yes. We've got to have a new category uh for the Atlanta you know, kinda of like uh the Metro Jigback Atlanta. category or the um something we'll have, Love to, that. we'll have to talk more about that. But Enrique, thanks for your service. Uh, you're you're serving on the Atlanta Supply Chain Awards uh executive committee. Appreciate yeah. that and, and you all support. And nominations are taken off. Uh, yeah, just in the last couple of weeks we've had groups like Domatic, uh, the Clorox company. Um uh, a, a, gray, a slew. Orange. gray orange has been nominated blue ridge yeah. uh legility uh a, a whole slew of both technology companies manufacturing companies uh logistics companies you name it yep. um joining together to celebrate successes across the Indian supply chain community right if here if you think Atlanta. you deserve a war an award nominate yourself and <laughs> we'll be the judge of that <laughs> <laughs> and then one last yeah event. one last thing uh the ame uh association for manufacturing excellence atlanta 2020 lean summit is may 4th to 7th and we'll be streaming live from there as well that's right so check us out thank you don't hey don't run into us while we're while we're broadcasting, though, please. Um, and Keep you can a safe distance, people. That's right. And you can find all that information on the events tab at supplychainradio.com. Really want yep. to thank our guests today. Really have enjoyed this. Is, this thank is, you. Um, you know, each of these good conversations reminds us why we're doing what we're doing. And it's, it's been really an honor to, to, to walk through the conversation yep. over the last hour and some change. Um, Mike Menina, President, Thrive Works Foundation. Uh, Adrian Pertil, Vector Global Logistics, Enrique Alvarez, also with Vector. Thanks for y'all's continued partnership. Uh, be sure to our listeners, check us out, upcoming events, replays of our interviews, other resources at supplychainnowradio.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, really all the other leading sites where YouTube. podcasts can be found. Of course, YouTube. How can we leave out YouTube? <laughs> um, on behalf of the entire team, including Greg White, this is Scott Luton wishing you a wonderful week ahead, and we will see you next time on Supply Chain Now Radio. Thanks, everybody.